Hey everybody and welcome to Steve's NRL 40 Tips for Round 24. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. It's a Thursday morning edition of the show today as we're going to talk about all the action for Round 24. We are only two weeks away from the start of the 2021 final series. It's all heating up. It's all getting very exciting. And uh, we had a good weekend of football in Round 23, so I'm going to cover all that. But before we get to it, I want to thank everybody that checked out the show last week. I put forward a few ideas for the future of Steve's NRL footy tips heading into 2022 and a, a few new ideas like uh, tips from a non-NRL fan, the classic match look back and uh, a player's profile uh, for some of the legends in the history of rugby league. And I hope you guys enjoyed you know, listening to my plans and having a bit of an open forum in terms of how the future of the show is going to go and what it's going to look like. And I'm very thankful for the feedback that I got last week. And I'm happy um, that you guys seem to be positive about majority of the changes. And I hope you guys stick by me for the rest of this year and heading into 2022 because we've still got a lot of football to talk about. If you guys haven't, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Uh, please subscribe, like, and share the podcast, whether you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or any of the major podcast streaming services. Before we get into the tips this week, I want to really look at the main topic uh, that is, you know, pretty much everyone's asking it heading into this year's final series, and that is a Melbourne Storm versus Penrith Panthers grand final inevitable. And, I mean, before last week, you might have said no, but after watching Penrith kind of get it over the top of, of CFs, uh in that kind of final preview last Friday night, the questions well and truly have to be asked whether these two teams are just so far ahead of every other team in the NRL at the moment that a grand final rematch of last season seems inevitable. And we're going to have a look at both their sides and I'm just going to let you know how I think they're traveling. I mean, Melbourne, obviously, they just set a record. They just tied the Eastern Suburbs 19 in a row victories, uh, which, you know, that happened back in 1975 that the Roosters set that record and that was under Jack Gibson and, and guys like Arthur Beetson and Ron Coote were in that side. And, you know, Melbourne is on a, on a warpath at the moment. They're probably going to get the record themselves this week. I'm assuming they will beat Parramatta this weekend, even though Parramatta is currently the only team in the entire NRL that hasn't lost to the Storm in 2021. I think that that result's probably a given. But when you look at the Melbourne Storm and how they're playing this year, sure, they're scoring more points than any other team in the history of rugby league in Australia, but they're really laying the platform with their defence. And you look at it, they've only let 278 points in this year um, defensively, and that's the second lowest in the NRL, um, only to the Panther Panthers. And the thing that Melbourne has that a lot of teams don't have... Um, is the ability to score points quickly. And, you know, when they're down and when they're under pressure, because they haven't been playing great the last couple of months. And, you know, they were down against the Cowboys for a majority of a period a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think it was about a month ago now. But the Raiders a couple of weeks ago, they struggled against. And, and Gold Coast got up to such a flying start um, on Thursday night. But what Melbourne has is the ability to, in my opinion change their game plan and adapt as the game goes forward. Now, you look at a team like Penrith, which we'll look at momentarily, but Penrith have such a uh, such a game plan that they, they stick with, uh, regardless if they're losing 12-0 like they were last week or if they're winning 12-0. They have such a, a game 
uh, management system that they just keep going to what they know will work eventually. And it's, you know, clear as kicking game. It's it's getting space to Luai. Their game plan is... They're so confident in it that they won't change it. But Melbourne can adapt on the fly and, uh, you know, just kind of gauge how the game's going. And how they adapt on the fly is that, unlike pretty much every other team in the competition, you look at their... Game breakers, they're X-Factor players, and they got more than anybody else in the NRL by far. I mean, they've had so many injury concerns this year and so many guys coming in there out of first grade, but they have six genuine superstars in their lineup at the moment. They can break a game open at a whim, and, you know, you look at it. At fullback, you've got Ryan Haberhausen, who at the start of the year was just, you know, absolutely electric and probably the informed player in the competition. He got injured and Nico Hines came in and he's done his thing and obviously he signed with Cronulla next year, but he has just been a game-breaker all season and he's electric and you give him space and he'll make you pay for it. In the halves, you've got Munster and, and Jerome Hughes and Munster has always been a game-breaker. When he runs the football, he's so dangerous and, and so hard to stop with that speed and he always finds space for his bigger men and his outside backs that he's hard to contain. Jerome Hughes, in my opinion, is now one of the premier Halfbacks in the competition, probably the most improved player of the competition in 2021. He's actually challenging Nathan Cleary for the halfback of the year, in my opinion. I still have Cleary ahead, but the things that Jerome Hughes is doing is unbelievable, and he's been, you know, he's been rewarded with that by a long-term contract. And then you have the hookers, Brennan Smith and Harry Grant. The cheese, you didn't know whether he was going to start this season with everything that's going on and whether he had a place in this Melbourne's team going forward, but he has been probably their best player this year. Um, other than Jerome Hughes, absolutely dynamic at a dummy half. He sees the opposition uh, being lazy as a defender, and he will take advantage of it. And Harry Grant from from the bench, um, so much PL there, and um, so much willingness to compete that any of those six guys can break a game open. And that's not even including you know their big forward packs, the real hard workers of the team that that really do the, the bulk of the work, guys like Welsh and the Bromwich brothers and, and Felice Cafusi and Dale Fanuke, and they're all laying the platform. And then you've got guys like the Fox, uh, Josh Adokar, that if he him and Justin Ola can get space, they're just so electric. So the Storm can pretty much attack from any position in the field. You never quite know what's coming at you, and that's why they have so much continued success. And Craig Bellamy should get all the credit in the world for it. And in my opinion, um, if anyone's impossible to stop this year, it is the Melbourne Storm. It's going to have to take a uh, unbelievable superhuman almost performance to knock out the Melbourne Storm from this finals race. So for me, the Storm are inevitable that they're going to at least be in the grand final this year. Now you look at the other team that people are saying are inevitable, and that's the Penrith Panthers. Now the Panthers, obviously in 2020, they had you know an unbelievable season, a season that pretty much can't be duplicated. They just stumbled in the grand final. They uh, they were down by a significant margin at half time. They couldn't claw their way back to win that premiership, but they got pretty close. Um, but it was an absolute unbelievable year for Penrith last season. This season, they started the year off fantastic. Uh, Origin came around. Uh, they looked unstoppable before Origin, and then guys like Cleary and Luai and Isaiah Yo um, and several others all kind of got drafted into the Origin camps. And they went through a bit of a dull period where they lost a couple of games, but they still are undefeated with their main side intact. And on Friday night, it just shows you that they are ready for the big games come the end of the season. They didn't panic when they were down 12-0 against CS after half an hour. And to be honest, they probably should have been down more in that match because the CF Sydney Rabbitohs completely dominated Penrith in the first half an hour. Their forwards, in my opinion, just didn't match CFs. But 
Uh, they scored a, a got a lucky break or two and, and scored a uh, a couple of tries from uh, Paul Monotrosky's kicks and really got them on the front foot. And to be losing that game 12-10 at half time, you had to know that they were confident heading into the second half. But it's just, as I said when, when I was talking about Melbourne, it just amazes me that even when they're down 12 nil, their game plan doesn't change. It's get you know some early kicks off and clearly really pressure. Um, the outside backs of the Rabbitohs in those kick diffusals and, you know, just continue trying to lay a platform for the forwards. Even though the forwards had been dominated that first half of the hour, they really came to their own in uh, in the second half and, and tried to get some, some quick ball and, and uh, some quality ball out to Jerome Luai and on that left le- edge. And I think that it's really promising for Penrith that they don't panic under pressure situations and they're starting to hit that form uh, or close to that form that saw them you know, dominate the competition last year. And obviously, they're going to be hard to stop um, come the finals. Are they as inevitable at Pender, uh, as Melbourne to make the grand final? I'm not sure. But one thing that I will give Penrith for, and it's only 14 points better for the season, but Penrith's defense, in my opinion, it is the best in the competition, not just on numbers in terms of points conceded. It's the fact that Penrith really make you earn all the points that you score in a game. You're not going to score any easy tries against the Penrith Panthers because... Uh, you know, they're sliding and, and the way that they're committed to defense and the way Ivan Cleary's really got them up for their defensive efforts is extremely impressive. And I think that if a team's going to knock out Penrith in the finals, they're going to have to do it uh, by, you know, by being a little bit out of the ordinary and, and really making uh, the Penrith defense second-guess themselves. So um, while I think the Storm are inevitable, Penrith are getting close to it. I can't say that the grand final of, of the Storm and Penrith are inevitable because you've got uh, some other teams, guys like South Sydney and and the Manly Seagulls that are banging on the door at the moment. And Seahawks, in their credit, they started off fantastic against Penrith. They won 10 in a row before that game. They've got a couple of weeks to work on it. We'll get more into them when we get to their match preview. And Manly... They've been missing Tom Shorovich, uh during stages of the year, and at the start they struggled without him, and still they're nowhere near the uh, the team they are when Tom's on the field. But it's not just him and how good he is. I mean, he's outstanding. Obviously, it's some of the best form streak uh, the streak of form we'll ever see in rugby league at the moment. He's just lighting lighting the whole rugby league world up at the moment. But uh, guys like Cherry Evans. His kicking game's improved uh, tremendously throughout the season. He's playing really good football now. Kieran Foran is looking comfortable and, and playing with the most confidence he has in a long time. And guys like Ola Kuatu, Josh Schuster, Ruben Garrick, all in, in big form. So it's not just Tom Sorovic anymore. And they tested Melbourne about a month ago. I think they're ready and and raring to go for this final series. Even if they don't make the top four, uh, which, you know, historically, you can't win the premiership if you don't make the top four. Even if they miss, um, we've seen many teams make the grand final um, from fifth to eighth position uh, in the history of rugby league. So uh, there's a lot to look forward to throughout the series, uh, final series. I wouldn't say a Melbourne Storm, Panera Panthers grand final is inevitable, but it is the most likely situation at the moment. But form can change very quickly in rugby league and anything can happen uh, when it comes to NRL finals for sure. So, all right, let's get into uh, my round 24 preview now. We've got some big games, some teams are on their last roll of the dice for their season. Let's get into it, and let's start with a huge game on Thursday night. And the, all the NRL action kicks off from 7.50pm tonight from the Sunshine Coast Stadium when the Newcastle Knights versus the Gold Coast Titans. The good news for Knights fans is that they're basically playing finals football. They're on 24 points. Pretty much can't be eliminated uh, from the finals race at this point. 
they're most likely going to finish seventh and either versus the Parramatta Eels, the Manly Seagulls, or the Sydney Roosters. At the moment, it's looking likely that it will be the Parramatta Eels in the elimination finals in two weeks' time. So that's big news for, for Newcastle. And they're travelling well. Um, okay, I mean... The good news for them is the partnership of Jake Clifford and Mitchell Pearce is 5 from 5. Haven't lost a game together. Braley and Ponga, uh, when you add those two in the mix as well, they're undefeated when all four of those guys uh, are playing together, which is good. That's their spine that they're going to be uh, obviously leading into the finals with. The Bulldogs game last week, well, they got the job done. It wasn't a great performance, and their attack really isn't clicking like um, you would think it would under the likes of Mitchell Pearce and, and Clifford's game management and the electricity that Caelan Ponga brings to a side like Newcastle. But they've still got time to get it right, and I think they're improving every week. And for those Newcastle fans out there, it's just going to be positive that you're playing finals again this season and, and starting to... To know, try to get to the next level where you can compete against some of these really good sides in the NRL. And um, I'm not talking about the likes of, of Melbourne and Penrith because let's be honest, at this point you're probably not going to be, you know, really putting up a big challenge to those teams. But teams like South Sydney, like Parramatta, like Manly, if you can get to that sort of level um, and and start playing that football where it can trouble some of those teams, then who knows? You could go a little bit deeper into the finals than just the f- first week elimination. So. Um, they're versing a Gold Coast team anyway. It's not going to be easy this week. They're versing a Titans team that they played really good football against Melbourne early on in that first half an hour last week. They couldn't, you know, continue it and couldn't keep up with Melbourne when, once Melbourne hit into second gear. But I was very impressed by the efforts. They now find themselves uh, the Gold Coast Titans in ninth position. They need a win to to keep in touch with the eight. And they lose this week. You can pretty much say that their season's over. Ash Taylor's a big loss for him. He's out this week. So is the young rookie, Greg Marzal. Their spots have been taken uh, by Philip Semi coming back into the team on the wing there. And uh, Tyrone Peachy is going to be the starting 5'8". Him and Jamil Fogarty are going to make an interesting half combination tonight. Not sure if I'm confident that it's going to work well. But for Gold Coast, it's how it's been all year. And it's all about consistency, really, for both these teams. It is sometimes Gold Coast can show up and really get you competitive like they were in that Melbourne team. They really seemed like they wanted um, to make a statement in that match, even if they weren't going to make the game. And they did that, but they've got to be more consistent still with it. Uh, AJ Brimson's still out for them as well. Jaden Campbell is going to be the fullback again this week. He just got rewarded with his great form um, with a contract extension to the end of 2024. So that's good news for him. But... You know, he, he was great last week against Melbourne as well. But with Gold Coast, you know, I predicted them to make the finals at the start of the year. They've been disappointing for me this year. Their forward pack really needs to aim up to this Newcastle forward pack because the guys like Barnett, Frizzell, uh, they don't have Clemmer this week, the Knights, but the Saifidi brothers, they're going to try to bash them. And, and Gold Coast kind of have to weather that storm and, and start really well if they're any chance of knocking off uh, Newcastle. There is no home ground advantages, obviously, so you don't have the Newcastle factor to play into if you're Gold Coast. But last roll of the dice tonight, they need a, a big performance if they're going to be playing finals football. And I don't know if they've got it in them. I mean, I'm looking at some highlights as I'm recording right now from their last weekend. It was a great kick in one, opportunity, uh, one occasion by... Uh, Ash Taylor put it up for Jaden Campbell and really upset the Melbourne Storm defensive line. But uh, their, their attack is still questionable for me, whether they can consistently uh, pressure opponents uh, with the football. And sometimes their defense just falls a little bit too easy for me. Um, 
Their defence this year has been pretty woe forward in occasions, so they need to bring their best foot forward there any chance tonight, but they're still in the hunt. I just think Newcastle, uh, they're starting to get confidence playing with each other. Uh, they're spine, and, and they're starting to get some confidence, and, and they're starting to believe that maybe they can do some damage in this final series. So the Newcastle Knights by 10 points in this game. But I think it's going to be an entertaining contest, and it's going to show you where both teams are at. And if Gold Coast win this game, then the, the odds are both these teams probably will be playing finals football, and we kind of get a preview of, of whether they're going to be able to upset a team in week one of the finals. So I've got Newcastle by 10 in this contest anyway, but I'm excited to check it out and and see which team uh, really wants it more at this end of the season. And for all those fans out there who are waiting to see which teams are likely to make up the remaining spots in the top eight, you don't have to wait long because after Newcastle Gold Coast from 6pm on Friday night at BB Prince Stadium, we're going to get the Warriors versus the Canberra Raiders. The Warriors, very unlikely unlikely to make finals now after the loss to the Brisbane Broncos on Sunday afternoon, but Canberra is still alive there. They find themselves in 10th position on 20 points with uh, the Gold Coast Titans and the Cronulla Sharks. Pretty much their last roll of dice here um, this week as well if they're going to be playing finals football. They were pretty good against Manly last week. They should have won that game. They were the better team for the majority of the game, but really faltered in the last half an hour in that contest, and Ricky would be very disappointed uh, by the, the fade that his team's had. They're putting in plenty of effort at the moment, Canberra, but they just have not been able to get uh, as much as many wins as they've needed to this year. They did welcome back their fullback, um, Charles Diggle-Clodstaff, from the bench last week. He'll be playing there again this week with Rapana, keeping the fullback position. Obviously, they've had their off-field problems and this season, the Raiders, in terms of turmoil at the club, but they put it together. They've They've... Had some impressive performances. As I said, they were good against Manly last week. They just seem to have this problem of, of finishing contests at the moment and, and getting the two points because uh, they find themselves in almost unlosable situations and then find a way to lose them. They're versing a Warriors team that, again, they should have beat the Broncos last week. And it was a pretty poor performance from them. Chad Townsend uh, is the halfback again this week. Well, as Sean Sullivan, when he was halfback for them, they were undefeated, the Warriors. And I don't know if... Townsend, a guy that's not going to be there in a few weeks, he's going to the Cowboys next year, is the person that you guys should be ending the season of on if you're the Warriors, but they've done that nonetheless. They welcome back Kane Evans this week. Cody Nicarima finds himself in the mix to play. He's back on the uh, interchange bench for them. But for the Warriors, I think it's been a long couple of seasons. They're keen to get back home. They might make a little bit of a shake and, and try. If they win both games, I guess they're statistically still a chance of making the finals, but Really, um, I think there's been some good individual performances this year from, from the Warriors. Guys like Curran and, and Sullivan have really made their presence felt. Toe Harris, when he didn't when he was playing before he got that season injury, and the injury, was the best second rower in the competition. So uh, there's plenty to improve on next year, but the emergence of guys like Reese Walsh uh, are going to give the Warriors fans confidence. I don't see them getting over the Raiders this week, I think the Raiders just want it too much. I think that Ricky's going to be really determined to get this Raiders team starting as fast as possible. And I think that the Raiders are going to get off to some early points. The problem with the Warriors is clear. They've always been, you know, really good, really uh, physical and good to start games in the middle of the field. But they've got so many big forwards, they just get fatigued quickly. And I think the Raiders can take advantage of that. Jack Williams, this is the... Uh, Jack Williams. Jack Whiten, sorry. This is the time to really make... Uh, your presence felt, you know, you're a game winner. You're the 2020 Dalian Medal Player of the Year. you got to think he's going to step up this week and, and get this Raiders team over the line. Their forward pack, 
has to aim up against the big Warriors forward pack, as I mentioned as well, and really rally that early storm. But I've got the Raiders being too strong in this contest. I've got the Raiders by 16 points, um, which will lead them to a do-or-die contest to make the finals against the Roosters next uh, next Friday night, I believe it is. So it's a, it's a very interesting time for the Raiders. We'll see if they've got enough uh, to play finals football in 2021. And it's a big night of Friday Night Football because the second game is an absolute blockbuster between the biggest rivals in rugby league history when the Sydney Roosters host the South Sydney Rabbitohs from Suncorp Stadium at 7.55pm. And the Roosters, they just keep finding ways to win. They uh, they keep getting season-ending injuries, the latest being Dale Copley. Adam Keegan's out this week as well, and so is Nat Butcher. But it, the Roosters, under the guidance of Trent Robertson, you can name a whole side of injured players that they've lost throughout the season, but they just keep turning up for each other and keep winning football games. And they weren't great against the Dragons last week. They, In fact, they were losing with 20 minutes to go in that contest. They got it all together and um, showed their class a bit at the end of the day. But obviously, they're versing their big rivals this week in the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and this game will get them prepared for finals football because... You never know what damage the Roosters could do in this finals campaign if they're at their absolute best, but uh, obviously a lot of pundits and, and, and fans alike are kind of ruling them out of premiership contention just based on you know all the adversity they've had to overcome this season. And I think that people are probably right to do that at this point in the season, considering that it's going to take an enormous effort to get guys like Sam Walker and, and Lachlan Liam and Drew Hudson and, and elevate them because they've got so little experience in big game situations to elevate their game to beat a team like Melbourne or Penrith. Um, but that's not to say they can't do damage in this finals run because they're playing great football. As I said, they keep turning up for each other. And the thing about Trent Robertson's Roosters is that it doesn't matter who they play in the finals, um, if you want to win against them, you're going to have to earn it and you have to play some good football to do it. They're versing a South Sydney Rabbitohs side that were absolutely outstanding in the first half an hour in that game against Penrith um, before losing 25-12. to They were winning 12-0 at one stage in that game, but the Panthers scored concerningly 25 unanswered points and it was the Rabbitohs' ill-discipline that really cost them at times in that game. The penalty count didn't help them. I wasn't happy as a South Sydney supporter with the 11-2 penalty count, but a lot of them were from the Rabbitohs' poor discipline, and they have to fix that. They've got uh, two weeks to do it before they verse Penrith again in the first week of the finals. I think that while they lost that game last week, they're going to get some confidence in knowing that they play their absolute best football. They can beat this Penrith Panthers side. Um, they just cannot let up, and they've got to real habit of going in and out of contest. They've got to fix that. Obviously, the Troll Mitchell and, and Josh Mansell had some brain explosions and and some lack of communication at the back there um, in defusing some of those high bombs that Nathan Cleary was really terrorizing them with. Um, Josh Mansell's out for the rest of the season, it looks like, with a knee injury, unfortunately, for him. I think he was starting to get in some great form um, before last week, so that's sad. But Jackson Paulo will come on his spot in the wing, and Jaden Sua finds himself back in the lineup as well because Ken Kalomatangi uh, has been uh, has been suspended until the finals, but he's going to be a massive in for him week one of the finals. So I think that Wayne Bennett and Sias, why that loss last week was disappointing, I don't think they'll take too much from it, and uh, they'll learn that they have to play their absolute best football if they're going to beat Penrith. And I think that, unfortunately for the Roosters this week, and I know that you've got this rivalry where both teams really like to to get up and um, 
beat the other one because there's such a rich history. It's over 113 years of uh, these two teams hating each other at this point. And really, South Sydney, they're in third spot now. They don't have much to play for for the next two weeks, so they could start resting some players if they wanted to. There was rumours that Damien Cook could be arrested this week, but I think it's important for them to get a win on the board this week after last week. Um, Cody Walker was quiet in that second half. I think him and Adam Reynolds have really been um, you know, having conversations this week about how they're going to maximise their efforts in the finals and, and play their best brand of football. Latrell Mitchell's probably been practising how to kick uh, catch bombs all week, let's be honest. But we know what he can do um, when he's at his best. And I think that while they're still you know, going to be third either way and they're going to be versus Penrith week one, I think that the Roosters are going to get uh, the absolute best of the Rabbitohs because they're going to be out to make a statement. They're not going to be easy beats come week one of the finals. Um, like they maybe were in that second half last week. They weren't too far off Penrith, as I said, and they're definitely capable of upsetting them week one of the finals, but you got to think they're going to try to take as much confidence as they can into that match, and I just think that when you compare these two sides at the moment, the Roosters are playing brave football. They're playing football that, you know, is inspiring a lot of people, and they've still got some of the best players in the game in their lineups. Guys like... Uh, James Tedesco and, and Victor Radley, Angus Crichton, I think, is back next week for them. But at the end of the day, I think this South Sydney side is just more dangerous with the football in their hands. And last week, uh, they ended their eight games straight of scoring 30 consecutive points uh, each week. But I think that uh, that their attack's really going to fire this week. And I think they're going to have a renowned uh, focus on defense. And... I think that the Roosters are going to have to earn any points that they get in this contest. I've got the Rabbitohs by 14 points in this game, and I just think they've got too much firepower for a brave Roosters side. But the Roosters at the same time, you never know of them. Uh, this season, they've done the impossible time and time again. An upset could be on the cards. You never know. All right, time for my favorite time of the week now, and it's Super Saturday, and the action all kicks off from 3 p.m. at Brown Park when the St. George Lord Dragons take on the North Queensland Cowboys. If there's one game you're going to miss this week, make sure it's this game because I don't expect great football to be played. The Dragons, to their credit, uh, played well in patches last week despite the fact that they're playing without a genuine number nine if Andrew McCulloch and injured. Josh McGuire did a good job in there last week. Jaden Sullivan's going to come back in and try to do the job there this week. Tyrell Sloan is back in the side as well. But that barbecue incident really cost them their season when you look and look at the scope of things. They've got a kind of easier run uh, this week, and this will be finally probably be the game where they might be able to snap that losing streak. But if that barbecue uh, gate incident didn't happen there in Shell Harbour with Paul Vaughan, then there's a high chance that the Dragons are playing finals football this year, but they weren't able to kind of refocus after that effort, and they they just don't have, didn't have the confidence they did pre pre that barbecue incident and they've got the injury concerns at the moment the Dragons and Monet is playing with Corey Norman it looks like Corey Norman's got two weeks left in red V colours Matt Duft is out of the side this week he could have played his final game with the St. George Dragons they're really building towards next year at this point they've even um, they've even got Freddie Lussick over from the Roosters for a couple of weeks to end their season because they've got they're that down on troops at the moment uh, the Dragons but really uh, it's something it's, it's a season that what could have been for, for the Red V and they're going to be looking forward to next year and and really putting this controversy behind them. They've got some good recruits coming like Jaden Sewer and George Burgess and, and a couple other players as well. So uh, the future could be bright there for the Dragons, but Anthony Griffin's got a long preseason ahead of him to try to 
really decide where guys like Jack Bird and Tyrell Sloan and all these guys, where their best positions are in this Red V lineup. They're versus the Cowboys side that have lost 10 in a row now. They're, in my opinion, playing the worst football out of anyone in the comp. I think the Cowboys would beat them at the moment. Um, there's really no excuses for their season. Todd Payton should have had them ready to go um, and fired up. Jason is back in the lineup for him this week as well, but he's playing prop, but they just haven't been able to get anything together this season. Tom Dearden still doesn't have a win to his name as a starting halfback for over 25 games now. Scott Drinkwater, he's probably been the bright uh, spark of the Cowboys lineup this week, uh, this season, but him and a couple other players, they haven't been enough to elevate this Cowboys team from being um, just just not good enough. Simply, they've been playing a lot of awful football this year. I don't see it changing this week. I'm not going to spend too much time in this game. I want the Dragons winning this one by 12 points, getting some confidence. I think they're a better team than what they've been showing the last month or two. And as I said, I think if it wasn't for the barbecue gate, the Dragons probably be playing finals football this year. I don't see a situation where the Cowboys win. I mean, the Dragons have too much uh, for the Cowboys, and I think they're finally going to give their fans something to cheer about. So the 5.30 game of Super Saturday takes place at Suncorp Stadium when the Cronulla Sharks versus the Brisbane Broncos. And the Sharks, after a good win against the Tigers last week, a much-needed uh, win for them, find themselves in eighth spot. But with Canberra and Gold Coast nipping at their heels, they're pretty much still in must-win situation. They're versing a Broncos team that beat the Warriors uh, late last week. They didn't do it easy, but they got the job done, and it was a reward for a month or two of really playing some good football under Kevin Walters. He has this Broncos team overachieving at the moment and I feel like with the roster that they've got and with guys like Adam Reynolds to come into the side and possibly a few other big names in the next few seasons that they can really make a uh, make a dent in this uh, in this finals race in 2022 and Kevin Walters and Ben Iken and a lot of the other appointments there have, have really done a good job of, of steadying the ship there at Brisbane in 2021. I think it's going to be an important year for them in terms of their revival and I think we're st- going to start to see some results on field next season uh, with all the hard work that those two guys in particular have put in. So, um, you know, this this game here, uh, Milford played some great football against the Warriors last week. Him and Albert Kelly find themselves back in the house this week after they did the job last week. But um, the jury's still out here. They're going to go. Milford's got a couple of weeks, it looks like, to end the season at 5-8 to end his time there at the Broncos before he goes to the Rabbitohs next year. Um them on the back of guys like Flegger and Haas, the real hard workers of this Brisbane Broncos team, I think they can really, you know, ask questions to this Cronulla Sharks side. And Cronulla at the moment, I was critical of the Haas combination between Tracy and, and Trindle last week. They put Luke Metcalf, the, another young player, in at 5'8 last week. He did a great job, him and Trindle, um, steering the ship against the Tigers' side. I still have question marks whether they can get the job done with this kind of inexperience in their spine. Um, when it comes to the big games, if they were to make the finals, but at the moment in this Brisbane Broncos side, they could, uh, they could, you know, find some space and 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 really cause uh, headaches for Brisbane. But uh, for me, the the real key component, uh, whether Cronulla can make the finals this year, is on the back of Will Kennedy. Um, he's been electric at the back. I think he needs to continue to play his best football. I think if they're going to make the finals, it's going to be on the back of him, to be honest with you. Their forward pack has been solid. I think they need to be a bit better, to be honest with you. Guys like Toby Rudolph have led by example. But overall, I think Nakora and Jack Williams, some of those guys need to step up. If they're, they're going to take it to the big teams. But to be honest, I think that Brisbane, with the confidence they're playing and the belief that they've got under Kevin Walters, can cause an upset to this Cronulla Sharks side. And if they do... Um, 
regard, uh, depending on other results, I can see Canola dropping out of the top eight here. I've got the Broncos winning this game in an upset. I've got Brisbane by 10 points, but I think that Cronulla, I think that this side, this team and this side, um, obviously there's going to be a lot of changes there next season under Craig Fitzgibbon. I think this is kind of a bit of a uh, rebuilding year for, for Cronulla and um, after the, the dismissal by Josh Morris. I just don't think Josh Hannay can elevate this team enough to make the finals for me uh, to end the season. So I've got Brisbane by 10 points in this contest and I think uh, out of both teams' futures at the moment, I'm if we're just looking at the current lineup, I think that Brisbane's future might be a little bit brighter despite the fact that we've got guys like Finucane and Hines coming in for Cronulla next year. All right, in the 7.35 game this week, it's an absolute blockbuster from Suncorp Stadium. The Melbourne Storm going for a record-breaking 20 wins in a row, coming up against the Parramatta Eels, who in the past month have really, you know, struggled to compete against any of the big teams, and they found themselves straight down to sixth spot in the ladder. They got a good win over the Cowboys last week, and they're the only team not to lose to the Melbourne Storm this year, but the challenge ahead of them this week is extraordinary and Parramatta are going to get a real gauge of where they're at before the finals um, and how much that win did for them because this Melbourne Storm team, absolutely destructive at the moment. They look like they're pretty much at full strength this week, which is really concerning for the Eels. No players are getting rested as far as I can tell this week. Um, all hands on deck. And if you're Parramatta, you just got to ask yourself, how are we going to stop the likes of uh, Pat Verhaus and Munster, Hughes and Brendan Smith? And then how are we going to stop even if we can manage to stop those guys in the first 20 minutes, how are we going to stop guys like Nico Hines and Harry Grant um, both coming from the, off the bench this week? It's it's a tremendous task ahead of them. I don't know if they've got the ticker to even, you know, compete with the Melbourne Storm. I hope they do. I hope we get a good game on Saturday night. But for me, Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, they haven't had the best season. I don't want to harp on that too much, but they need a much more controlled effort, and I know Mitchell Moses played pretty well against the Cowboys last week, but they need to be a lot better um, communicating with each other, and their kicking game needs to be superb if there are any chance against this Melbourne Storm side. They're not asking enough of questions for me in terms of their attack at the moment, Eels. They they scored a few points Parramatta pretty easily last week against the Cowboys, but for me, uh, their attack's kind of stale and, and predictable, and to beat Melbourne, you've got to get them on tilt and put them off their game somehow. And I just don't know if Parramatta have got it in them to do that. I mean, their only chance, in my opinion, is on the back of their forwards, guys like Junior Paulo, Isaiah Papalihi, Nathan Brown. They need to find a way to upset this Melbourne Storm game uh, tight and make it physical, make it a physical encounter, make it a personal encounter. Then who knows? They might be able to get their rhythm and, and we have a game on our hands. But Melbourne, for me... When you look at this full-time, full-side, full-strength Melbourne side, they've got way too many points in them at the moment, um, and I just think Parramatta are going to struggle to even get close to them. So I've got Melbourne uh, by 22 points in this contest. I think next week they're going to be resting some people in that game against Cronulla, which is going to help Cronulla's chances of making the finals potentially, but I think we're going to get a full-strength uh, and dominant performance by Melbourne to get their 20th consecutive win, which obviously will break the record for the most consecutive wins in uh, in rugby league history. So Melbourne, they're looking unstoppable at the moment. Parramatta, they've got a dual divide match in a couple of weeks they need to prepare for. Um, you, you've got to think both teams are going to be looking to display their best football out there on Saturday night. I just think that Melbourne's best football are far and ahead, um, unfortunately, a lot better than the Parramatta Eagles' best football at the moment. 
Two games less than a round, and on Sunday afternoon, the action kicks off when the Manly Seagulls take on the Canterbury Bulldogs from Morton Daly Stadium at 1.50pm. And when you look at the uh, betting agencies for this game, you've got the Bulldogs paying about $13, and really, that's about the reality of them winning this game. They really don't have a prayer, in my opinion. Uh, they're in matches, they're, they're competing, but they just find themselves horribly outclassed most of the time, and... Whether Tom Shurovich actually lines up in this game or not, and there's rumours are that he most likely will be playing in the contest, um, you just think that Manly just have way too much for the Bulldogs at the moment. This is basically going to be a training exercise for them. And I uh, I don't know how much uh, the Bulldogs are going to be able to, to be able to put up. I think the last time these two teams played each other, it was Manly winning 66-0. So uh, the Bulldogs... You know, they're working towards 2022 now and deciding what players to keep on their rosters and what players to try to move on. They're obviously getting guys like Burden and Josh Adokar and, and Brett Naden and a bunch of others uh, like Tavita Pengai Jr. as well to the fold next year. But really, 2021 has been a bit of a write-off for them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Luke Thompson Futures goes there, but... Mainly, they're just prepping for the finals now. They're, they're getting ready to do go and, and, and really upset some of these premiership favourites. This week, they got the Bulldogs to end the year. They've got the Cowboys. It's a perfect run into the finals in terms of, you know, being able to ease and potentially rest some players leading into it. But at the same time, they don't have a real challenge before them. So they just got to keep their mind going and, and keep playing a good brand of football and, you know... Yeah, freshen up for the finals, but you don't want to let your guard down so much that it's going to be hard to get back up, um, especially if they make the top four and, and versus Melbourne week one. They've got to be as prepared as they can be for that contest. Um, whether that means not playing Tom Tarubic the next couple of weeks uh, remains to be seen, but they can't you know, just kind of go in their shell and, and just expect to get these four points in the next two weeks, which they probably will do, but they've just got to be aware that you know you want to be playing some... Um, some brand of your best football before you get into it. And, and even if you win 40-0 against the Bulldogs, doesn't mean you're flying because, you know, who knows what, what side, the quality of side you just beaten compared to some of the premiership favourites. It's just not there. So uh, it's important, especially for guys like Cherry Evans and Foran, just to get their combination perfect before they head into those big games in the season. And uh, obviously, I think Manly will win this game pretty comfortably. I've got Manly by 36 in this contest. But I think it's time for Des Hasler to really consider... When am I going to be playing? And I'm going to be playing these guys for 80 minutes, and I'm going to give them a bit of a rest. And uh, how am I going to get these guys motivated the next couple of weeks, which they shouldn't need any help doing? But how am I going to keep these guys up for the next two weeks before we get to the finals? So, um, obviously, plenty to play for for them. They're, they're playing for a top four spot, but obviously, their mind are on bigger things. The Cowboys, uh, the Bulldogs' mind is on to 2022. Um, I think that this game is going to be. Obviously, a very one-sided affair. I've got Manly by 36 points. All right, and the final game of the round now takes place also at Morton Daly Stadium. It is a doubleheader. It's the Penrith Panthers versus the West Tigers. And unfortunately, if you go to that doubleheader, there's a chance that you could see two floggings because just like Manly, Penrith are now in a position where they're real tough games. Um, you could argue are done for the season. They do have Parramatta next week, um, which will you know, be good to, to get them into a bit of a finals environment. But... They're locked into second place now after a great win over the South Sydney Rabbitohs last week, and I think that they were really prepping to that for that game for a little while, and um, you saw their best um, in that second half last week. Cleary's starting to get some confidence since he's come back from injury. Pengai Junior has been a good conclusion to the side. They welcomed back both Brian Toho and James Fisher-Harris this week 
um, into the fold for them. So plenty of positives to love about Penrith at the moment. We discussed whether at the start of the show whether they're inevitably going to make the grand final and you know, I, I still have them definitely at the second best team at the moment behind Melbourne, but they're looking good. Um, but they just need to keep focusing because they weren't great in that first half an hour against CS last week. Their forward pack got dominated. Obviously, they fixed it in the second half and they stuck to the game plan and it ultimately worked. But, um, you know, next time they play CS in week one of the finals, you've got to hope that they start the game off uh, better and uh, are competitive straight away because... You know, if CS fire and in that second half and their discipline doesn't let them down, then the chances are that Penrith wouldn't have the two points um, at the end of that contest. And if it's a finals opportunity, that's a a huge loss. They'd take week one of the finals and they'd be playing sudden death football from week two instead of having that week off um, before you prep to try to make a green final. So um, it's going to be a huge game in two weeks. But in this game against the Tigers, well, the Tigers, uh, they scored some points last week, but... It just shows you how in that fifty to twenty-two, I think it was twenty-two point loss to the uh, to the Cronulla Sharks. It just shows you how ready they are for this season, and it's been a disaster of the year. Michael Maguire has constantly tried to get this team up and and competitive, and uh, obviously the Tales of Tigerland documentary. We've got a never before seen insight into an NRL club, and unfortunately, it was with the Tigers, and um, you know how how they've struggled this season. Next year, obviously, we'll see if Luke Brooks and Co are still there. Jackson Hastings got to come back to the club, and they're going to be looking to maybe sign one or two players in the off season. But at the end of the day, uh, they haven't been good enough. It's now been ten years since they made the finals. Uh, they haven't made it since twenty eleven, so eleven seasons. Um, and really, it's just been an extremely disappointing year. We'll see what off uh, season personnel changes are made at the club. Will Mark McGuire even be coaching there next year? That remains to be seen. Uh, but if you're a Tigers fan, you just got to hope they can, you know, show something in this last couple of weeks. And they're versing a Penrith Panthers team that, as I said, that are starting to get the confidence they had at the start of the year and are starting to look um, almost unbeatable themselves. Um, but the Tigers, and, and I, if I remember correctly, I can't remember the score, but I think the Panthers blew the Tigers off the park the last time they versed. So uh, the Tigers, they just got to start this game well and try to get into the... Uh, into the grind against this Penrith team. They're not playing for much, so that's a bit concerning. I think Penrith can blow them away um, at certain points of this game. But for me, um, the Tigers just got to show something. And some of these guys are going to be playing for a contract next year. You've just got to hope they can end the year on some sort of positive note. So I've got Penrith in this game by 40 points. I think we could get two real floggings um, up there at Morton Daly Stadium for our Sunday afternoon contest this week, unfortunately. All right, guys, so those are my tips for round 24 of the NRL Telstra Premiership. We're getting into the business end of the season. There's only two rounds left. I'm excited uh, for what the finals is going to hold. Some unpredictability this year. Obviously, everybody's talking up Panda from Melbourne, like I said at the start of the show, but teams like the uh, like the South Sydney Rabbitohs and, and Manly are still very well in the mix, and uh, you know it's going to be an exciting final series. Who's going to make it into the top eight? Can any of those bottom, eight, uh, bottom four teams of the eight really uh, compete against any of the heavyweights. It's going to be interesting to, to find out. All right, to just to recap my tips uh, for the round, at round uh, in round 24, I've got the Newcastle Knights being too strong for the Gold Coast tonight in the Friday games. We've got the Raiders defeating the Warriors and South Sydney um, being too strong for their arch anonymous is the Roosters in the Saturday games. I've got the Dragons finally getting a win against the Cowboys. The Broncos upsetting Cronulla and Melbourne, making it 20 in a row against the Parramatta Eels. And on the Sunday games, I've got both Manly and Penrith being way too strong for both the Bulldogs and the Tigers, respectively, to end the round. So, um, 
There it is, guys. Those are my tips for the round. I hope you guys enjoy your football this weekend. If you're up and after an upset of the week, I do recommend the Brisbane Broncos against the Sharks. I think that will be a high-quality game. It'll be close either way, but I've got uh, the Broncos just being a little bit stronger at the moment, which might unfortunately end the Cronulla Sharks this season. So uh, those are my tips for round 24. Enjoy your football this weekend, guys, and I'll see you next week for the final round of the regular season for the 2021 Telstra Premiership. I'll see you then. Enjoy your footy.